you know blue, he had to, ayy Hop out clean with them honeys Top of make them skate, the boy you rockin' sunnies Ayy, keep this shit 100 You wasn't fuckin' with me when I had nothing Yeah, nigga, we know Still catch me in the streets T.O. Yeah, nigga, we know Still catch me in the streets T.O. Star. I had to raise the bar. Buy a bottle, then we goin' by the bar. Star. Hey, I'm prime time like I'm Dion. Hey, they say that you look like a peon. The bitch say she wet. She say I'm the chick. You begging the shit. You hear no shit. My prices flying up like they got wings on. Hey, they staring at me like I'm feel the same to hey, La la la. Y'all hey, in the car. Stop. Don't wanna go to walk. It won't get you far. Shit so old, I just got hot in the hot. You just got cold in the cold. Hop out clean with them honeys. Chop a make them skate, the boy you rockin' sunnies. Ayy, keep this shit 100. You wasn't fuckin' with me when I had nothing. Yeah, nigga, we know. Still catch me in the streets. T.O. Yeah, nigga, we know. Uh, it's been it's been rough these last few weeks, man. Trying to get the show out, get the show produced and mastered. Am I ready? Trying to get the show mastered and produced and and put out and given to the people. It's just been tough. Um, we're gonna go over a couple things today, but I guess one of the main parts I'm gonna go over first is like how much money like New York State makes off of the people that live here, and they just take and take, particularly when it comes to like parking meters and parking tickets and anything related to parking in that regard. I'm out here struggling because of it. And I'll tell you this. So if you ever wonder like how much money you think the city of New York City, how much they make off of um, parking tickets and parking meters and just anything related to like parking your car somewhere because having a car in New York is I guess the most asinine thing to do if you really want to save money because it's going to cost you something at some point someday sometime Uh, they make about last year alone 2016 the state of New York I'm sorry New York City just the five boroughs we're able to reel in 555 million dollars from parking and parking tickets and Anything related to parking, anything related to that, they made $555 million. Imagine what you could do for the city with $550 million free dollars that you didn't have to like pay for parking or anything like that. If you took that type of money and put it back into the city, which they don't do with that money, it would just make things a whole lot easier and a whole lot better for a lot of people. Maybe some of even the living expenses in New York. Uh, would go down if you use that same money applied to taking people's cars away and doing things like that, uh, parking tickets or having these violations set up. You could use that money for a, a myriad of things. But the reality is, is parking in New York, it's it's almost it's 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 a death trap. It's like a, it's it's suicide watch almost just because you're going to get charged something. You're going to always be looking out of your window. And this is not just related to myself. You could live in the Bronx. You could live in Staten Island. You could live in Queens. I live in Harlem. I live right there in Manhattan. It's It's difficult there. And for the most part, I've lived in the Bronx also. It's difficult everywhere. $555 million they're able to take. And then when you get down there, they actually pay for your car. They treat you, you know, like a second-class citizen as if you owe them something. I guess you technically do owe the city and the state some money. But they, the way they treat you and the way their demeanor is from some of those employees at the, uh, the place where you go, the tow yard, you go pick your car up after they tow it or they boot it, they treat you as if, 
you are in a position where you can't afford to get your car or they kind of have you by the balls in a sense because you don't have a car and they control that. I went down there and uh, I have two cars. I have a car that I drive for work and I have a car that I personally drive. Now, the work car that I drive is actually a car provided by the company. So it doesn't technically belong to me, but I do drive it when I'm on the clock when I'm at work. Now, they told my car, this is this is relatively, relatively old, but they told my car, I drive my company car down you know, to check, just, just, check, just to check the status of my car, just to see like what's going on with it while I was in between the Bronx and, and Mount Vernon, wherever I was going, right? So I go down there to check on it. I get down there and I park my car, hoping to God that they don't take the company car, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. I was only going to be in there for about five minutes on my lunch break. So I go in and I say, hey, how you doing? Um, you guys told my car, I need to get my car back. Uh, how much is it? She told me the price of it. And I told her, I said, hey, well, if I go ahead and pay and I take my car, with me can i park it somewhere around here because right now I'm in, I'm in my other car all i said was other car i didn't say company car i just said my other car and she looks at me and kind of makes this scoff or this kind of i don't know in her mind i guess she thought i was trying to say oh i have two cars you know like a flex and it really wasn't a flex it was more so i'm driving one car i can't drive two cars at a time but if i go ahead and pay you the money that i owe you to get my car out of this lot can i park it somewhere and i guess like her demeanor was so was so harsh that I kind of was thinking to myself, I drive two cars, but if you really want to be technical, I don't own a car. Like I yet to own a car. You know, if you think about it, the car that I drive for work is mandated by the company to let me drive while I'm at work. The car that you impounded or took from me is a car that I still owe money on. So God forbid you take my car and I can't get to work, which would then turn me to lose my job, meaning no more company car. I still can't pay my car note on the car because I have no job on my personal car. So now I lose that car. So now I'm in the same position. I'm, I'm back to being carless now. So for her to have an attitude with me because I simply wanted to go in and pay her the money. Cause I guess she saw like a young black kid and thought that, Oh, he had two black, he had two cars. What's, what's going on here? Or maybe she thought to see a young black kid come in confidently and say, Oh, it's going to cost that. Okay, cool. Here goes my car. I can pay for it. Not complaining, not crying, not asking for a discount. But like I said, $555 million is just, it's ridiculous. If you think about per parking ticket, the most I've ever gotten for one, I think I parked in front of a hydrant and it was 125 bucks. How many times can you calculate $125 to the point where you get to $555 million of working class people? Like you get to that point of taking that much out of, out of people's pockets over a span of a year, which is only 365 days. You take $555 million from the people of New York based off them having to park. And if you know how hard it is to park and how hard it is to get up in the morning in the wintertime and get to your car and shovel out your car and make sure you move for street sweeping, you would understand like just how how bad it is out here just to own a vehicle. Now, I can own, I've, owned, I've owned vehicles or excuse me, I've drove vehicles in many other parts of the United States. And yes, parking tickets may come, but you're not getting them the way you get them here you're not getting your car possibly towed you're not getting your car scraped hit and i'm not complaining about new york because i love it here but the reality is when you see a number like 555 million dollars like it almost makes you sick because they continue to take from the people that live here and the people really can't leave because if you're in new york you're here for a reason especially if it's related to entertainment business law anything like that construction a lot of times like new york provides those type of jobs and some of them do pay well but I'm, I'm imagine they pay so well because they're going to take a lot of it from you, including taxes, including living expenses, because, you know, the rent here, the median income or excuse me, the median rent for somebody living in Manhattan is like three thousand dollars. 
Now, I don't know the 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 amount of money the listeners have that listen to my show, but I'd imagine even for myself, to be honest with you, three thousand dollars is a lot of money per month to give somebody monthly um, for rent. And, and hence, why people don't move out, or why hence people live stacked on top of each other, or, or, or why people have two or three roommates because the the thought of three thousand dollars. Anywhere else on earth, probably take away L.A. or, you know, take away some of the other more metropolitan parts of the United States is ridiculous. On top of that, God forbid you have a car and an apartment in New York. You're going to need so much extra money just to survive. It's like, you know, because what could happen? What could happen? You can get your car towed. You have to go down there and pay somebody X amount of money to get your car out. That could play with your rent money. Now you can't pay rent. Now somebody's knocking at your door saying, hey, you got to move out. Go live in your car that you just got back from the tow yard. It seems to be like all a game, like all of a of this like twisted craziness that you have to deal with at the same time. You can at least still go to Times Square and have a good time, you know? And I just think that's crazy. You can go downtown and still do things in New York, so you almost get blinded by the fact that you can do a lot more in New York from a resource standpoint, but those resources at every turn are going to cost you. I don't know how these things like all come into fruition and relate, but they do because I live here and I have to experience it. So every time that I park somewhere, every time that I decide I want to live somewhere, every time I decide I want to do X, X, Y, or Z, a lot of those things are prohibited unless I'm in a position to do them. And to have your car taken or to lose your apartment or, or to lose a living situation, anything that, that happens to you like that in New York, you almost end up at a standstill like what do I do now New York is the king of places when it comes to where like you could be doing well on Monday and like shit could be ruined by Friday based solely off of a decision like parking my car somewhere or, or anything it could it could be going out in a wrong neighborhood you know it could it could be all kinds of things it could be parking your car somewhere where a lot of trucks come through now you got to scrape are you uh, a, a bus scrapes it which actually recently happened to my car knocked my mirror off you know what do you do I wasn't there to witness the situation when this particular thing happened. I wasn't there, but somebody was. And the woman showed me a video of the bus doing it, and she showed me pictures of the bus doing it so I can get the license plate number. And I said, hey, well, if I talk to the police, they're going to want a statement from you. She said, I like to remain anonymous. I said, okay, well, you can remain anonymous if you want, but at the end of the day, the police aren't going to just take your word, they're going to want some information from you to reach back out to you and talk to you. She said, no, I'm sorry. The video should be enough. I'm not getting involved. I don't live in New York. And if I did live in New York, I probably wouldn't have got involved because most native New Yorkers wouldn't have helped you this much. So be thankful for the help. I'm sorry. I can no longer help you, but you do have the video. So can I really be mad? Mm, can't really be mad. But at the same time, like when I did speak to the police about what happened in my car, they said to me, well, we can file it under a hit and run because the bus kept going. Uh, we can file it under a hit and run, but it would be like no witnesses. Nobody saw it. So you would just be putting like this like blank information out there that your car got hit by a bus, even though you have video of it and all of that. None of that will hold up in court. And if you're parked in an area where it says no parking between X, Y and Z time and X, Y and Z time, you're technically still at fault because you shouldn't have been parked there. And it's like, so a bus in New York can hit your car and damage your car, not totally, I'm not going to say that, but can hit your car and damage it in a way where it impairs your ability to drive, which you will also get a ticket for in New York, yet nobody can help you 
because you were not there to witness it. And the witness that was there to witness it doesn't want to give any information and yet remain anonymous. It is it is outrageous living here. I do love it to death. I'm not leaving anytime soon. I just thought that I should get that off my chest. So if you ever walk outside to your car and you see a ticket on your vehicle, you can do the you can do your math yourself, but five hundred and fifty five million dollars is what they're taking from people yearly in New York. From from everybody, totally, in totality, they're taking five hundred and fifty five million dollars. I didn't even want to look up the stats for what they charge for tolls. And tolls went up last Sunday. That's another part. Like tolls went up fifty cent. Now you see, you hear fifty cent and say, Oh, that's that's nothing. That's fifty cent. Why are you complaining? But the the reality of it is if tolls go up 50 cent, think about how many millions and millions of people go through these tolls and how many more added millions of dollars that is to the MTA for bridges and tunnels and all of that. These things keep going up and like nobody ever gives us an actual reason why. I mean, we we technically pay for the maintenance and the, the, the expenses of having the bridges there, though they are convenient. You don't want to hear that, oh, they're up 50 cent, which means they'll be up another 50 cent by years in next year, which will be nine dollars. And when you enter back into New York, people who don't know this, who don't live in New York, or if you leave to go to Jersey or you go to Philadelphia, if you enter back in on the George Washington Bridge or any other bridge that's going to take you back into New York City, the most prominent one being George Washington, you're going to pay about this time, I think it was $16. And that same amount of money, if you take the Verrazano into Staten Island, costs you the same thing, I believe. So you're at $32 to basically get around if you, God forbid, have to come back into New York and then on the same day have to go to Staten Island, which is rare who goes to Staten Island. But if you even happen to go to the Bronx from Queens or from Queens to Brooklyn or from Staten, or any, any of these places that you don't want to end up in traffic trying to drive around a toll, you're going to pay money. So on top of paying tolls, living expenses, food, trying to live somewhere where you can avoid crime, any of that stuff that's going to cost you a little bit more parking tickets, all that it adds up. So like, I guess my advice to people is if you're not prepared for that type of reality, and there's way more that I'm not even touching the surface on. If you don't want to live with that reality, New York may not be the place for you, but if you're willing to come out here and grind and just deal with it, it's a beautiful place. And I'll tell you this, my car got towed and I didn't even get mad. My car has been towed twice since I've lived here and broken into twice since I've lived here. And I, I didn't even get mad either time. I never get mad. I never scream and curse because the reality is, what does that do for the situation at hand? Like if you if you walk outside and your car is broken into, I, I imagine you'd be distraught on the inside or kind of mad or kind of, I don't know, agitated about the situation. But the reality is, is what does that solve if you blow up outside in public on the street or if you you break your other window with your fist because they broke the other three or God forbid one of your ex-girlfriends slashes your tires or something like that. You can't you can't get mad. And I think that's what like New York eventually takes a lot of that like pointless anger that you have for other situations had you lived in other places. And kind of it just dissolves on the inside because you can't find yourself screaming and cursing on on the block because your car got towed or God forbid broken into. Um, you just you, you eventually little things like that, which they're not small, depending on your circumstance, just kind of go away when you live in New York, because at that moment, there's so many more other things going on that you have to get done and that you have to you have to do in life in general just to continue to survive, to live in New York. Like work doesn't stop because your car got broken into because that work that you do provides you money to pay your rent to live in New York because God forbid you miss that. You know, you're outside now sleeping in a broken in car. So 
during wintertime, it's going to get even more colder because you don't have a window. It, it, all these things kind of like just tie back into each other when you live in New York and like it's such a beautiful place. You find yourself just kind of dealing with it. But at some point you realize that like this state, this city, each borough, everything kind of just takes and just sucks the life out of you in a sense. If you've ever done anything good here, like if you, you make some money here, you say, wow, I saved X amount of dollars and I have this much money. It's, it almost seems like the state hears you say that or they watch you tweet that or they whatever. And they say, OK, we need some of that. We need some of that. We took enough for taxes. We took enough for anything that comes out of your paycheck, all that stuff that comes out, Social Security, federal, all that stuff that comes out. They took enough of that, but they want more. And even when you get promoted and you get a better job in some other capacity, they take more than that. So every time you climb up that ladder, they send you a few steps back down because they take more. You know, and that jumps back into to, to, to anything having to do with medicine that jumps back into anything having to do with child care. That's even having children, living expenses, all that. Like they find a way to continually take. And this is not just New York. I just happen to live here and I'm able to compare and contrast living in, in many different places. It could be Indiana, Alabama, California, Georgia, anywhere like that. Like I've lived other places so like I can actually speak to this. Um, but New York just it, it can really get under your skin if you let it. And I, I try not to let it. I've been ranting now for the last 15, 20 minutes about it. But you, you try not to let it as best you can. And um, if you ever walk outside and your car is gone and it got towed or you walk outside and it's broken into or anything that happens that happens in New York, that kind of New York stuff that happens. Just remember to stay calm through the whole situation because blowing up doesn't fix anything. Blowing up at police officers doesn't fix anything. Blowing up at the people at the tow yard doesn't fix anything. Blowing up at the people that the uh, State Department of Finance, for some odd reason, you go down there and you pay your tickets now. Um, blowing up at them doesn't, doesn't do anything. They're behind bulletproof glass. What are you going to do about it? They have some of the nastiest attitudes also. Um, but regardless of that, you know, and you know what? Do that. The next time your car gets towed, politely ask people, around you you know that control that your car got towed um or control some of the the situations you have to be in to get your car out of so ask them sometimes do you drive in new york and not a way of saying like you don't have a car that's not what i'm saying but ask them do they drive in new york and when they answer you yes or no your next question should be how do you feel about that you know if their answer is no it's one thing but because they'll probably tell you that they understand how strenuous it is to even do that in new york but for the people that do drive in new york i've never met somebody who says oh i can't relate i i, I have a driveway because you, you you might not get one of those depending on where you live or i have a garage but most people say yeah i understand it my car has been towed and i work for the department of finance you and you're not even safe because they'll tow your car in your own neighborhood and you work for the people that that are over that and you have to pay, you still have to go down there like a regular person, take a number, sit down, and pay hundreds of dollars to get your car out of tow. Now, you might call it irresponsibility because people don't pay their tickets. That's not the case. When your car gets towed, there's a myriad of reasons why your car gets towed. Not because you, you racked up a bunch of tickets or, or you parked in front of a hydrant. Like There's plenty of other reasons why your car gets towed in New York, and that's what makes it funny. Actually, if you're, if you're in front of a hydrant, by the way, since we're on that, since you're since you're, in, since you're in front of a hydrant, right? This is what happens. When you're in front of a hydrant, they will literally break your window from the from the driver's side into the passenger side and then turn the hydrant on to fire the fire. So if you're ever at the top floor of one of your friend's apartments and you park in front of a hydrant, which I do often, don't judge me, they will break your window, both windows, 
and 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 fight the fire. Now I'm gonna have my man D speak really quick. What's what's up, D? All right. So here's the situation. I got two cars too. So I'm, I'm part of the two car two car crew. I actually own two cars, but that's I'm not bragging about that either because that's just more tickets. Like like you said, any any given time I can average. Uh, and I, I, I pay attention to tickets. I'm not real nonchalant about it, but, you know, sometimes trying to find a spot and then waking up early and, you know, beating that truck before 8.30 in the morning is hard. So I get the little 45s here and there, all right? So every now and again, I'll probably get up to anywhere close to, and this is by, by you get a ticket, it starts off at like 45 or $35. If you don't pay it on time, it turns into $55, then it turns into $75. So Sometime in my in my in my rebellious ways, I'll just be like, you know what? I'm not paying that yet. That that bill is not that important yet. But I know I gotta pay it because then they'll once it gets past three hundred dollars, they'll tow you. <laughs> so I, I like to keep it under like two hundred dollars. Then I just go ahead and just pay one bill, right? So I got one car that's been sitting. It's been having some problems, so it's been sitting. I got the other car that I'm mobile with now. So the car's been sitting right around the corner from the studio for at least like two months now. So I, I, I go away to Canada the other day. I drive back around. I don't have no tickets on. I had one ticket for registration, and I got that fixed. So I know I was good. No numbers or anything on the, on the window. So I go. I see the movie. I went to go see Get Out, actually. Came back, right? Car was there. Went to Canada. Came back last week. Car was gone. Now, I know the <laughs> car can't move. I'm praying that somebody stole it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm knowing common sense-wise ha- it would have to be movable for them to steal it. So I go to the precinct yesterday, and I tell the cop, I said, my car is missing. I don't even pull it stolen. It's just not where, you know, it's not where it's been. It's been told. So, yeah, he gives me the information. So on the paper, it says been told because someone made a call, and the car has been sitting there for thir- more than 30 days. So that was their complaint. But you <laughs> can't just tow my car, like, because it's in, been in front of your house for 30 days not moving. Yeah. And so now I'm suing. I'm going to sue somebody because I'm not paying when I no, call. No, no. And I know what's going to happen. It's probably been there for about 10 days now, and they're probably going to have a price for me. And I'm like, I'm not paying that. Y'all can keep the car. Like, for all I care, I want, I'm almost done paying it off, and then y'all can do whatever y'all going to because I'm not paying it because I didn't put it there. Yeah, it's, no. It's told on owner's expense. If that's that type of situation, then the owner's going to pay for that. Yeah, and I, you, did you see a sign out? It didn't matter. No, it's, it's in it's front of my house. Yeah. It's parked right in front. It's on the side block right in front of a... Not in block, blocking nobody's garage or anything. It's in front, like in a actual street, public street parking spot. Yeah, that's that's outrageous, and that's another way that you know, God forbid, you don't have tickets or anything. That's another way your car can get towed. Somebody simply calling in and getting your car towed because a tow truck driver driving by your car every day is not going to say, "Wow, that car's been here thirty days. Let me take it." Because you can't prove that. But the person living in that house, unfortunately, people in New York don't look out for each other all the time, decide to call. Like, imagine what that is. Like, imagine if you work somewhere far, you work somewhere where you actually have to get to by commute, not public transportation. Because though it is good here, it is not the greatest thing, depending on where you're going, your location. So if you take my car, imagine what that does to the other parts of, like, my livelihood. Exactly. And yeah. they, they don't know why it was sitting there. It, it had like, yeah. one of the tires a flat. Could have had a flat. Like, I just didn't move it. I got my other car. But that don't give you the authority to move my whole car into a towing company. Like, the cops didn't do it. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't you know, the city. So now that's just, now this is sitting at somebody's tow yard around the corner somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then when I call the guy, I called him yesterday, and he's like, oh, I have to, um, let me, I got to go look for it. I don't remember that car. But the, I know I got the police report. It says it's there. So when he finds it, time to go find it and then tell me okay your car is here now they got not nobody reached out to me yet i ain't get nothing in the mail saying your car is here so how am i supposed to know like where my car is 
Yeah, I mean that. See, I don't know, and I would never. Even if I I lived in an area where there was a driveway, and uh, my cousin used to park her car there, and I would park in front of her because I would leave in the morning more commonly than she would that early in the morning just for work or school or whatever so because i live there i would park in front of her car now if anybody else were to park in front of her car that which has happened before we like to at least leave a note we like to at least go to our neighbor or our neighbor's neighbor and say hey whose car is this i believe it's gonna get towed if my cousin can't move in the morning those right. th- th- all those things are called like being a good Samaritan because I could sit from my couch like the person I guess who who towed your car had your car towed um did and just called the police spot. they probably yeah they probably seen the car there and it's like this I normally park here because that, that is this is my house I this I normally park in front but this car has been here for thirty days and yeah. hasn't moved so I want to move this car yeah it's just complete pettiness on on their behalf yeah when they could they could say something and the, um anything leave a note on it or something the officer told me he was like you can sue and I'm like. That's, that's, I don't think I'm gonna be petty now. I'm gonna be yeah. I, and I was calm, just like you said. Like yeah. I told the, the audience, because what can you do? Be calm, like don't 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 go crazy. I didn't go check on it for like because I knew it wasn't stolen, so I was like, ah, you know, I'm gonna go to Canada, come back, wait for after the snowstorm, and deal with that because I don't want to go to the priest apartment. It's freezing outside. Went over there yesterday on a nice day. Had my beef patty and chick, chicken patty in hand, strolled <laughs> in there eating, watching all all the violent stuff going around and people in there for real stuff. And I'm just like, I'm cool. Yeah, I just want my car. Yeah. Yeah. And see, actually, I went to the tow yard recently, and it was snowed in. So I went to pay for my car, and they were like, oh, well, you can pay for it, but you might not get your car for 48 hours because it's snowed in at this lot, and it's iced over. A lot of the cars are stuck, and a lot of cars are in front of your car. We can't undo them all and then move them all and then give you your car. It's going to be difficult within two days. You know, you have to wait two days. So I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars and still have to wait for my car. And they were like, "Oh, we're gonna go ahead and charge you in advance for those uh, those 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 stow fees or those storage fees for it being there." But it's not my fault the car is snowed in. It's not my fault that it's ice. It's not my fault that Mother Nature decided to have a blizzard around the same time that you t- decided to tow my car. Like, and I gotta pay you two extra days for it being here because it's here, not by my admission, but by yours. So let me ask you something: Did you pay for those extra days? No, I did not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I refused to. Like, I was like, there, "There's no way." Like, it, here's the thing: I'm a salesperson. And I'm sure people can sell me. I'm sure I could be sold. But she did a bad job because there was no way you were going to convince me to give you any more money on top of what I already have to give you just to get my car released because you have a two-day holdup because I guess I'm assuming the employees there, they were like kind of undermanned. And all that is unfortunate and I'm, I'm sad, but my situation is also unfortunate and sad too because I don't have a vehicle. you know. And if I'm going to give you give you any of my money it's going to be predicated on the fact that like you go and bring my vehicle back out here and let me drive home like it's not going to be anything with me waiting so i went ahead and took care of it and paid for it um and then you know they grudgingly were were angry about it and kind of still got my car out and still dug it out and all that and it is what it is but it's done now and i think the the problem the problem with that is they just chose not to want to do something or try to find a way around some things. And it's like, look, my car been told I've had enough of it for today. So like, I don't need any more antics or any more games, but listen, when we get back, we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. All right. So let me, let me, let me surface level real quick. Colin Kaepernick is still not signed to an NFL team and people don't like that. I don't have a problem with him not being signed to an NFL team. And when we get back, I'll go over why the Rashid Kennedy show episode nine. Remember nights all in the crack house. Hey, I get a check and then I add down. My 
that's a bitch. You crying and shit. I was screaming and shit. You ain't talking about shit. I was gonna get them, but I put my youngest on. They telling me, I'm star, you better turn up on them. Turn them on them. Hey, pull up in the coat. I got shit to do. Hold your board as fuck. My wrist cold as fuck. My heart cold as fuck. I take the cash and count it up. I got them niggas to kill. I do this shit with no deal. How about clean with them honeys? Chop a make on skate, the boy working sunnies. Hey, keep this shit 100. You want fucking with me when I had nothing? Yeah, nigga, we know. Still catch me in the streets. T.O. Yeah, nigga, we know. Still catch me in the streets. T.O. Episode 9 of the Rasheed Kennedy Show. So I, I went over earlier uh, before we went into our break about uh, Colin Kaepernick not being signed by any NFL team at this point. Actually, the, the cool part about it is, or the, the interesting part about it is, when you're in the NFL and nobody is is jumping to sign you and you're a free agent, meaning there's no con- you're not contractually obligated to do anything for any team, they can sell your rights because the team still owns your rights contractually. So even if you're out of your contract, they still own some of your likeness in a sense. They own they own you still. Like talk about slavery. Anyway, they still own you. So what they can do is they can sell your rights to the CFL, especially on expiring contracts that they don't want to deal with that player anymore. So they, they can sell your rights to the CFL, which is the Canadian Football League. I don't watch it. I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't recommend it unless you want to sleep well tonight. Um, just a, a lower level of the NFL, just based out in Canada. Um, and a lot of like players who were once great in the NFL or even college players that can't get into the NFL usually go into the CFL. So you kind of understand the level of talent that you have there. There could be some really good talent there. There could be some really bad talent there. Now, from a talent perspective, if you go to the CFL and you were a relatively average player, a relatively good player in the NFL, usually you can go to the CFL, have a great season, and they'll say, a lot of NFL teams will start watching, like, oh, he might have got his juice back, or he's actually performing to an NFL level, yet only in the CFL. So right now, his rights are owned by the CFL. No NFL team is looking to sign Colin Kaepernick. Now, you might ask yourself, why? How come somebody, how come any team, like any team in the NFL, 32 teams, by the way, wouldn't want to sign Colin Kaepernick. And people are going to automatically, who don't watch football, are going to automatically say they have a problem with it. And they're going to blame it on the fact that he kneeled um, in respect to police brutality against minorities during the national anthem all last season, for for the majority of last season. Um, And you'll say, well, that's why teams won't stick with him. Well, you have to understand, too, that like he has a right to express himself however he chooses. And I'm I'm fully uh, backing up Colin Kaepernick on his right to kneel and protest when it comes to minority violence from police officers, right? And anything else that he stands for in, in that regard, I'm completely with him 1,000%. Even the, the money that he's using to aid people of hunger in Somalia, all those things are beautiful. They're huge. But here's the thing about it, right? His same willingness to kneel and his same unwillingness to to contort to what anybody wanted him to do in the NFL, you have to respect. But you also have to respect ownership of NFL teams who say, we don't want that on our roster. Like it doesn't, this doesn't work both ways. Very few people risk it all. I have a regular job outside of this show. 
Now, at a point where, let's say, a, a higher up or somebody from a, from corporate comes to me and they say, hey, we listen to your show. You work for us. We don't like it. We pay you. Either stop doing the show or stop working here. Or you can still continue to work here, but basically you know the relationship of you know obviously you getting promoted you moving up you doing anything in that regard progressive we're going to put a halt to so enjoy your show but we're going to put a halt in a sense of your growth at the company that i work for now if they were to say that at that point i have to make a decision right then and there to say i so much more believe in my cause and my show than i do my job which i'm both equally talented at now Colin Kaepernick decided he made a choice to kneel and to stand up in a sense of protesting against anything done violently towards minorities by way of, of anybody, but particularly people of authority, police officers, judges, whatever, you know, just anybody that's against anything minorly, minorly progressive. Right. That was his cause. Beautiful cause. I agree with it. Like I said, a thousand percent. But on the back end, when you make decisions and choices like that, you people can't be mad because now you can't find a job. And I'm sure there's plenty of jobs for you out there, especially with with all your activism. There is. But from an NFL standpoint, if teams don't want to sign you or have any dealings with you based off of your views or beliefs, then that's just one of those things. Like we, it, it's it's as much their right as it is our right. Now, you might look at it and say, well. I don't agree with it. You shouldn't judge somebody based on what they do off the field. Well, he kind of did that on the field and he brought a lot of awareness around it. Now, imagine this, though, like take this into perspective. Imagine if we had more black NFL ownership or more minority NFL ownership, which we don't have. But if we did, do you think Colin Kaepernick is still having the problems that he's having getting signed to a team? Let's say we had five black NFL owners out of 32, which is a very small number, but let's say we had five, right? You don't think one of those five teams signs Colin Kaepernick? I think they do. I'm absolutely pretty positive one of those minority-owned teams signs Colin Kaepernick. But more than likely, the, the, the owners that we have now and the ownership that we have now in the NFL, they have the option to say no because nine times out of 10, they don't agree with his stance on what he did and they have every right to disagree as much as we have the right to agree now let's talk about statistics statistically Colin Kaepernick just isn't the quarterback he used to be and because of that that gives the teams more of a reason to not sign him so on top of all the kneeling and the protest and all the awareness and the activism on behalf of Colin Kaepernick which again he should win an award for he should get a Nobel Peace Prize for what he did but statistically he's not really worth it in that regard either so NFL team can use that as their ammunition to say we did not sign Colin Kaepernick because he kneeled and he protested against minority violence from police officers we can say well statistically his passer rating or excuse me his completion percentage was 59.2 or he only threw for you know 186 yards per game 16 touchdowns four interceptions that's relatively all right. He only played 12 games last season, played nine before then, 2014, 2013. He had two major seasons. But, I mean, other than that, you're talking you're talking two, three years ago. We're talking right now. If I have to pay Colin Kaepernick to be on my team, I myself, if I was an NFL owner, would sign Colin Kaepernick 
predicated off of what he did from an activism standpoint, understand that it, it could be a distraction in the locker room, but I'm still giving him a job. But that doesn't mean the other 31 NFL teams have to do that. And they can use his, his stats to, to basically use that as their ammunition to say, no, we're not going to sign him based off of his production on the field. And his production on the field, if you did not know, last season wasn't the greatest. I can name – he was ranked 25th out of 32 quarterbacks. So you can name 24 more quarterbacks that did better than Colin Kaepernick, and that gives them all the cause not to sign him. I'm very proud of what he did. I respect it. Personally, I wish he would have done more of this around the time that he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and when he was – in the Super Bowl, uh, walking towards the championship almost until the Ravens took it. All of those times where he had the opportunity to to do something like this and make it way more on a grand scale, he he didn't. Um, now, I'm not knocking him for that. I always just say, question the motive. Now I understand that even though he was a backup in San Francisco and and he isn't moving the kind of numbers he was moving, he's still on that cause. This is not a two-month, three-month, four-month thing. Like, he's really on his cause. So I am no longer questioning the motives at all of Colin Kaepernick because I, I, I was at first kind of taken back by it when I heard he was doing it. And I said, okay, that's strange. You were headed towards a Super Bowl two years prior. Now you're a backup. And now as a backup quarterback with seemingly no press around you whatsoever because at that point nobody had cared because he wasn't producing on the field last season he wasn't even on the field at the beginning of last season because that was at that time Blaine Gabbert's job so you're sitting back up on the bench with a clipboard behind a white quarterback and now you kneel and all of a sudden you're this activist for um excuse me violence against minorities now you might have always been an activist but like I said in the beginning I questioned I questioned his motives now I don't at all and should an NFL team pick him up yes he should definitely be employed as an NFL quarterback, he could even be um, a backup for some of the teams that are out there. You know, it could be the Jets, Cowboys, whoever. He could be a backup for a lot of good NFL teams, especially if their main quarterback goes down. But will he be? That's not up for me to decide. Um, I think the real case here is we need more minority leadership in the NFL, not just good players and Hall of Famers, because we can fill the Hall of Fame up. I would say right now there's 309 Hall of Famers in the Hall of Fame. I want to say 109 of them are black. And the reason that number is even so remotely small is because the first few the first few decades of football were not played by black players. That's that's all they did. That's that's all they did. They they knew at some point you're going to have to integrate black players into the NFL. Well, before we have to, let's go ahead and Hall of Fame 200 some odd white guys so they can go they can go in first because if you if 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 professional sports across the board, I don't care what sport you pick, you know, you leave out things like lacrosse or whatever. I'm talking like sports that are dominated by minorities, not just black, by minorities in general. Imagine what the baseball hall of fame would be if they let black and Hispanic athletes play from day one all the way till now. You think guys like, I don't know, any any white player, you think guys like Babe Ruth, as out of shape as Babe Ruth was, like let's be honest, since we'll be honest, as out of shape and as badly built as Babe Ruth was, you think he could play professional baseball today? And even back then, if you integrated more black athletes, Babe Ruth is he becomes a coach. He does he's not out there knocking out home runs. Look at guys like Mickey Mantle, just how they were built and, and how they played the game. The you you put these guys in comparison to any 
any of the black athletes that had the opportunity to play black back then, guys like Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, any of those guys in the Yankees are non-existent. They're completely non-factors. Look at professional basketball. You telling me Jerry West would stand a chance against Allen Iverson? Even go before that. Look at guys. Look at guys that were all right in the NBA, like just all right. They wouldn't have a chance against Jerry West. Or excuse me, Jerry West wouldn't have a chance against any of those guys. You put Russell Westbrook back in the day at half, at half of his production and half of his size and in any of that. Excuse me, I mean when I say size, I don't mean height, I mean like muscles and all that. You put him back there in the 40s and the 50s with those guys, they don't have a chance. So they didn't let black athletes do much. So now we're, we, we're in the league. We can go to the league all day long. We can come out of high school for the most part other than that one and done rule for the NBA and go and play professional sports. They let us in now. But the actual reality is, is, is ownerships, or is, oh, excuse me, as owners, as minority owners, will never get to that point unless we try to, unless we have the same fight in us to go play. We have to have that same fight after our careers are over and things like that, or even before then, to go be ownership in the NFL. Now that, that is actually harder. But imagine if we had minority ownership in sports. Guys like Colin Kaepernick would still have jobs because now I guarantee you all 32 of those NFL teams that are owned by, you know, the majority of of white America can say no to that because a lot of them didn't even agree with what he was doing. They just couldn't come out and publicly publicly say, I don't agree with what Colin Kaepernick is doing. But the real reality is they don't. Hence why he isn't signed to the point where they want to send him to play for the Canadian league. And I think the team name is like the tiger cats like just basically something you're not gonna watch he would become non-existent in america you know because he's not gonna kneel in canada what would be the point of that so he's gonna be out there in canada playing football possibly because no nfl team wants him but again like i said if we, if we had more minority ownership colin kaepernick would have a job easily but when we come back i'm gonna go over a few more things just like random thoughts that i've been having lately i'm gonna go back onto that um Colin Kaepernick, I said he should get a job. I want him to have a job. It just may not be in the NFL. I don't question his motives anymore. I think what he's doing for the world is great. Uh, But when I get back, we'll go over some more stuff. The Rasheed Kennedy Show, Episode 9. Thank you. You know, Blue, he had the hop out clean with the honeys. Top of neck, skate the boy with his sonnets. Keep this shit 100 You weren't fucking with me when I had nothing Yeah, nigga, we know Still catch me in the streets T.O. Yeah, nigga, we know Still catch me in the streets T.O. Hey, T.O. star I had to raise the bar Buy a bottle, then we going by the boss Hey, I'm prime time like I'm Dion They say that you look like a peon The bitch say she wet Say I'm legit, you begging the shit, you hear no shit My prices flying up like they got wings on them, They staring at me like I'm finna say to them, ayy La, 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 y'all in the car, stuck Don't wanna go to walk, it won't get you far You crying like a hoe, when that shit so old I just got hotter than hot, you just got cold and cold How about playing with the honeys? Chop a nigga, skate the boy by the way, I didn't even talk about the song that we're playing today. And like, first, like we went over the whole iTunes thing, right? With like music and me not being able to actually play it on the show. 
uh, if it's copyrighted. Now, I'm sure this is still a copyrighted song, but I actually personally, in some capacity, know the guy. Uh, it's FTF Star, and the name of the song is We Know. Uh, friends of mine put me onto it. I liked it, um, and I figured you know today would be one of the best days to actually play it and get it out there to more listeners because uh, we have to support each other. Uh, last part but not least, I was watching a video on YouTube, and uh, I was, I'm sorry, I was watching it on Facebook, and there's two kids, two two younger black kids, um, trying to fight, fight each other, do things to each other in a sense of, of, of a violent act, and there's a bunch of kids recording it, of course, because we live in 2017, watching it and laughing, and there's a gentleman who comes out of nowhere, like, like outside of the whole scene, and just kind of comes in, um, steps in the way of both of the guys, and he tells them, they're laughing at you. These aren't your friends. You guys are about to fight and, and harm each other, but people are laughing at you. People are pointing and laughing and recording it. And, you know, the kids kind of stop and they look and he's just he's giving them a lot of game, a lot of knowledge. And I think before I really jump into detail about the video, about what he's saying, per se, I think that people should watch the video themselves and understand what he's trying to uh, give to the children. But and these kids aren't young. I mean, they're probably 15, 16, 17 years old and they're out there fighting and he comes out there and he drops a lot of knowledge, but yet the kids are still very much finding it humorous and laughing at the guy talking and then still laughing at both of the guys who were still very seemingly mad at each other because they were out there fighting one another, right? I mean, in the heat of a fight, could imagine I'd still be mad too. Well, near the ending of the video, he tries to get both of the kids to uh, shake hands and they don't want to shake hands. And he keeps reminding them that like your friends that you think are your friends during this situation are laughing at you like it's a joke to them and you know eventually they get the point and they shake hands and you know he tells them to squash it and just you know walk home or whatever whatever happens but like the most important part of that video is where on about three different occasions he stops the boys and points at their friends and says hey they're they're laughing at you you know like this is a joke to them you're out here man you're ready to fight and possibly harm somebody and way worse than probably what you think you can because you know how fights go in 2017 like dudes start kicking and and punching after you're knocked out whatever the case but your friends are the ones that are laughing at you so like it made me have to look at some of my friends for example like and and, and this isn't something that i looked at i'm going to name names or anything like that but i think in many times in life from the age of being like 10 years old all the way up now to being 28 there's certain situations where I think I did have friends or people who I thought were my friend laughing or finding humor in situations in which we're not that humorous you know like God forbid like I said we talked about getting my car towed earlier God forbid I walk outside my car was towed and one of my friends laughed like that's a key example right there like we probably ain't that cool because you think me getting my car towed is funny and if I get my car towed we went over the whole ex explanation about what that does to my job and what it does to my livelihood. So as my friend, you shouldn't find anything humorous or facetious about it, but people do. Um, and I think the biggest part of that video is more so not to fight and stick together as black people, because that's a, that's a, a non-negotiable. That's something we should be telling each other anyway, every day and talking about religiously, but watch the people that you have around you because your friends will send you out here to fight somebody for nothing, for a text message, for a phone call. Um, for a girl, any of your friends will send you some of your friends and they're not your friends. I don't want to use the word friend, but some of your halfway friends will send you out here and have you out here looking like a complete fool um, while they sit back and laugh. And, you know, they, while they sit back and don't have to worry about being on a video, getting knocked out or knocking somebody else out or stabbing, shooting, God forbid, you know. And it's really important to watch the people you have around you because you never know who's in that group of friends of yours laughing, doing intense situations where 
they should honestly be helping you mature and, and, and progress instead of laughing. And I think I, I can definitely say I've had plenty of friends who uh who sat back and kind of laughed or like watched me go through things that, you know, they put me in due to me wanting to be a, a frontline person. Like, okay, well, my friend's going through this, so I got their back. Usually when you have somebody's back, they're probably behind you laughing if they're not a valuable quality friend. So me being at 28 years old, now I know anybody that I have in my circle or even remotely near me is a quality person in that regard to where I won't have to worry about being laughed at or being ridiculed by my ridiculed by my friends um, in any way whatsoever because I deal with quality people. Now, again, some slip through the cracks. Some of them even have your last name. Some of them even look like you. But the the reality is, is make sure you have the right people in your corner because, you know, that guy that came out of his house to stop all that fighting and all that may not always be around to to hip you to that or put you on game about your friends around you. So just be sure, like I said, to keep the right people around you and live a po- positive, glorious life. Now, we're going to get we're going to head out of here. We're going to end with the same song we began with. I'm going to start doing that. Um, new artist, if you have stuff and it sounds good, send it my way. I'll uh. I'll get back to you. My SoundCloud page is where we we upload the podcast and season two will be coming out after episode 10. So if you do have music that you think is is good, you can send it my way. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Please do not overly email me about it. If you don't hear it on the show, I probably it probably wasn't my cup of tea. And that's OK, because there's a market for everybody. It just didn't touch me. On behalf of that. We're done, man. Um, The Rashid Kennedy Show, episode nine. Thank you so much. We'll be back for episode 10. uh, And we'll do it like that, man. I'll see you guys when I see you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, Blue, he had the Hey, Hop out clean with them honeys. Top of neck, let's get the boy already sunnies. Keep this shit 100 You weren't fucking with me when I had nothing Yeah, nigga, we know Still catch me in the streets T.O. Yeah, nigga, we know Still catch me in the streets T.O. Hey, it's a star I had to raise the bar Bow, 